What is going on, my dominators? Rico Garcia here, and today we are joined by Carlos Machine, whom I lovingly call the Claims Machine with Policyholder Advocates. Uh, he is not only an amazing public adjuster who I've worked with and has really helped my clients maximize some claims, but he and his firm is, are also the platinum sponsors for the Restoration Domination Show. So if you are on the hunt for a good public adjuster that can go ahead and help you with your claims, that can go ahead and help your customers get the most amount out of uh, you know what their claim is actually worth, uh, definitely feel free to go ahead and reach out to Carlish Machine. Uh, in this episode, we have a really good time. We talk about a lot of the new changes that are coming down with new uh, legislation, with new changes, and we just really have a good time talking about policy and some things of that nature. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the show because there's tons of stuff to cover. Here is Carlos Machine, the claims machine with policyholder advocates. Let's go. Owning any type of restoration business is demanding, demanding of your time, your energy, and resources. And that's why we're here. This is Restoration Domination. If you're a contractor in water mitigation, mold remediation, biohazard cleanup, roofers, or public adjusters, you'll learn how to dominate using some of the techniques and strategies that our guests will share. We'll interview top industry insiders, movers and shakers, hustlers and hackers, and anyone dominating their industry. This is Restoration Domination. Hustle, hack, and dominate. And here's your host, Rico Garcia. What is going on, all of my dominators out there? Welcome to yet another episode of Restoration Domination. Today, you are listening to the Public Adjusting Corner with our very own Carlos Machine, the claims machine over at Policy Holder Advocates. Carlos, what's up, man? How's everything going? And more importantly, are you ready to help us dominate? What's up, Domination Nation? Yeah, Rico, thank you for having me back, man. It's been a little bit of a minute, but uh, I'd love to uh, discuss some of the, the trending topics in the yeah, public man. realm. Yeah, so talking about like trending topics, like we've, I mean, one of the one of the hottest things right now that everybody's been talking about, especially if you're doing any kind of business related to insurance, is you know how many Florida insurance companies have just been going into receivership and you know just going straight belly up. So you know, I'm kind of I'm really interested to get your take on what's going on there and how you think that's going to be affecting you know, public adjusters, how that's going to be affecting, if at all, restoration contractors and, you know, kind of like what we should be keeping an eye on, because at this rate, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, this is the end of it. Like we may still see more coming down and, you know, still going belly up. So kind of what's your take on the whole receivership thing at this point? Well, I mean, there's so many moving parts to this right now, Rico. I mean, yeah, it's it's a little bit hectic out there. Uh, We've lost six or seven major insurance carriers. You have FIGA right now handling, I think they said recently is up to uh, 8,000 claims and 2,000 lawsuits from these carriers that gone up 
uh, belly under. So it's hectic, but at the same time, everybody needs to have some patience. That process of pulling those policies, those claims, and putting them into FIGA's hands and putting into an adjuster's hands, it takes a time. I mean, we have a, c- a couple claims are together ourselves that it's almost two months that they haven't even been able to get in contact with us. No one answers their phones and whatnot. So they're they're slammed. Um, but the good news is that's why FIGA is there, right, is to make sure that the homeowner is not left hanging, at least not for too long um, or indefinitely, I should say. So, yeah, it's putting a strain. I mean, I think you had a, a claim with me with St. John's that – yeah. What yeah. Was it so like? that was a so that was a funny one. Claim was going through everything is, you know, as good as it could possibly be. You know, the adjuster seems to be pretty cool. And uh, you know, we we square up on a number. They're like, hey, yeah, everything is good. Checks in the mail. This is on a Wednesday. And then on Friday, I think the shoe dropped that, you know, they were going into receivership. But I'm like, oh man, I just missed the deadline. So like, I just made it. And sure enough, guess what? No check in the mail, you yeah, know. So now, you know, it's just one of those things where it happens. Yeah, man, it it's it happens. Um, you know, we're we just we just now have to just grind out a little bit more. You got to just stay on top of the the follow ups, the phone calls, the emails. If you can, if you can get an email from one of these guys, um, but um, it just takes. It's just going to add a little bit more time to the claims process, unfortunately. And you know, I'm not a big fan of dragging things out, and um, you know. If there was something that you're getting close to settling, it's not really worth getting into a lawsuit or, or, or something like that at that point because you're just going to drag it out a little bit longer or a lot longer, I should say. So um, just take have some patience. Understand that FIGA is overloaded right now. I think this is the first time in my experience in my 15 years almost in the industry that we've had so many companies go under in such a short period of time that – it's unprecedented. We're really in unprecedented waters. Do you, and- do you think that there's a possibility? I mean, for, because again, as a contractor, right? Like we're, especially for us on the mitigation side, because we're basically financing for, or at least a lot of us in, in, in this side of, of the business, we are basically financing the initial labor, the initial equipment, and then we're billing the insurance company or whatever the case may be, right? Maybe we're collecting, you know, a deductible that kind of offsets a little bit of that initial cost, you know, Know, the labor burden, whatever what the case may be, but should like mitigation contractors like be a little bit concerned about you know the the well being of some of these insurance carriers and then what that means for them on actually collecting? Should there be a difference in approach? Should there be maybe should documentation to kind of expedite the the payment process be even more top of mind now than ever before? I mean, what, kind of what's your idea on that? Honestly. I mean, this kind of goes back to a previous conversation you and I have had and, and the mantra that we have is all about documentation. So if you have that documentation up front, you really shouldn't have to be changing your business methods to compensate for this type of situation. Unfortunately, this is something that none of us knew other than probably the CEOs and CFOs or the board members of these companies. So it's not something you'll ever be able to be ahead of. I mean, I don't think this is the end. I think there is a few more coming. You know, it's just going to put a further burden on it. But no, I don't think there's really much else you can do other than keeping your files tight, making sure you're not, you know, you're able to negotiate with these adjusters and just stick to those follow-ups and make sure you don't let one slip through the cracks because you don't know if that carrier is going to go down uh, the next week or two days after that they settle with you, you know? So it's, it's, yep. it's tough. I mean, what are the know? odds of that? Right? It's, <laughs> like, 
it's like having the magic eight ball, man. You know, you don't really have the answer. It's just, you know, continue, put your, put your head down, do your job, do it well, and you won't have to worry about it. Right. So like, as far as, uh, you know, on the consumer side, is there for customers right now that obviously were, you know, with like the St. John's and the avatars and the potentially the, you know, the lighthouse and the, the fed nats and stuff like that. Is there something that cus- that, that consumer can do to look for healthier, stronger, bigger insurance carriers? Because again, this is a little bit, this is not only a, a disruption to the way that you and I do business, right? You as a public adjuster, us as a restoration company, but also for the consumer. I mean, this is like a major, major headache, right? Because it's, again, it's more of a delay. It's more of a, of a timing issue. So is there like anything that the consumer should be kind of looking for, or even that us as pros, if the customer asks us, Hey, like, you know, what's, what potentially is our next move? We can kind of guide them in that right direction. Well, I mean, I have a memory of a, of a client that spoke highly about an insurance company because it had a AAA rating. And, yeah. you know, that insurance company happens to be universal in property and casualty. And you and I both know how um, how big of a headache it is to get those guys to pay up. You know, so right. I don't even, I don't know if there is a, a spot, you know, you got to do your due diligence and, and see you know, what, what insurance companies out there, how long they've been around. Unfortunately, the big dogs, like the state farms, the all states, and they're not writing. So you have an issue there. Uh, the only, the one good news that I did find out uh, recently is that Olympus insurance has now opened their, their books a little bit more. Their, their underwriting uh, guidelines are a little more lax to be able to take on more policies here in the state of Florida. But at the same point, the biggest thing you got to watch with these guys is, yeah, they might be taking policies. Yeah, they might be a little bit cheaper in the premiums, but they're having a 3K mold cap, I mean, water cap, or they're having water exclusions. You know, so these are things that as a restoration company definitely have to be looking at because you're going to see these other companies start popping up more and more. But be careful because they're slipping in these these water limits or uh, restrictions to use their contractor versus you as a non-program vendor. So there's a lot of little things, nuances like that, that you got to definitely be careful with as these companies start stepping back in. You mentioned FedNAT. You know, FedNAT's actually a very unique situation too, from what I understand. They went into receivership, however, not really. So they're basically, they canceled a bunch of policies. And then what's remaining, they found a... uh, a hedge fund investor, I believe, something of that nature. They invested like $15 million in those policies that are folding into their subsidiary. So now you have a subsidiary taking over these policies. How? What kind of solvency was that subsidiary? So is that the next one that's coming? Are they just buying some time? It's just crazy, man. It's it's, And I don't know what a storm is going to do. If we get hit by a storm, they say it actually could help the insurance market, being that they're reinsured for natural disasters and such. And such. But, you know, I think they're just going to use it as an excuse again to jack up rates, reduce coverage. I mean, look what they're doing in the legislation right now. They they just finished. They passed a bill. It's going to uh, Governor DeSantis's desk. They're, you know, trying to remove multipliers from the attorneys. They're trying to lax up the building code, which... How does that building code now get superseded because of this bill? I mean, there's so many things there in that this past week that we don't even know yet. I mean, we've been chatting back and forth with attorneys trying to figure out how they have a copy of it yet. Um, you know, how this is going to work. Is that going to create more lawsuits? You know, so like it's 
they're trying to fix something, but they're going to create another problem. And they really haven't gotten to the bottom of it where carrier just pay up, pay. It's a legitimate claim, pay the claim and you don't have to worry about it, but don't give me $5,000 on a claim that's worth a hundred thousand all day long. And you have contractor bids to, to prove it. It's a can of worms, man. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's perplexing and it, it's going to be an interesting ride for, uh, for all of us at the end of the day. What do you, um, what, what do you think are going to be potentially some of the biggest hurdles with this new bill that, that may potentially be passed that's on DeSantis's desk, uh, for the, for you guys as public adjusters, but also on how that could potentially translate to the restoration contractor? So the couple good things that I, I saw on the bill, one, it doesn't really, the biggest thing is it really doesn't address the rate hikes and rate freezes that we were hoping for. So they failed on that sense of things. Um, again, from what the, get, the information I'm gathering from attorneys that have some information about what's in the bill. Uh, the other big thing that I think was, was beneficial is that um, they have made it so that the carrier cannot deny coverage or a policy based off the year, uh, the age of the home or the age of the roof, I should say. So anything like less than 15 years, they can't deny you f- coverage for that. But there is a way for them to do an inspection to then allow that assessment of the risk. And I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, um, that's called an underwriting inspection. You should be doing that in every policy you you provide. But no, they're the fastest ones to take your premiums. And then when they figure out a, an underwriting risk, like a trampoline or a water slide in your pool, then they say, okay, no, I'm not covering you anymore. Here's here. We're canceling your policy. No, right. you're the way it used to be is here. We send somebody out or you have to provide an inspection report and they provide an underwriting evaluation, knowing the risk that they're taking on. But it's now, now they're making it law, you know, in that sense. So it's like, it's, Ask backwards if you ask me. You know, it's this should have been done a long time ago. What was the other thing too? Oh, the twenty five percent rule. The twenty five percent rule. They're trying to lax that up. That just because you have twenty five percent of the roof that's damaged doesn't necessarily constitute a full roof replacement, which is something that we've been able to utilize over the years to get you know roofs since uh, Hurricane Wilma that they brought that up. Um, So they're saying basically as long as your roof is up to code. Since the Wilma codes, the 2007 building codes, then it could, it won't, it wouldn't necessarily automatically be uh, a proponent for full roof replacement. Well, that's kind of the way, the way it's been. So I'm not exactly sure what they're doing by now putting that in a in a law. Um, so you know that those are the couple of things that I've I've seen so far. But it's unfortunately one of those things that we don't know really how it's going to affect us until they pass it. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with everything that's happening with the, you know, with, again, there's, there's big money, right? And you've got the insurance companies and they're a business and they need to find a make, they, they need to find a way to keep everybody happy, right? They've got, you know, they've got investors, they've got shareholders, they've got, you know, to some degree, they also have a customer base, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a fine line. 
and then of course you've got all of these all of these scenarios that are happening right i mean lucky for us to some degree that we haven't had here in florida any really bad storms in in a couple of years but i mean that's going to run out pretty soon cuz again florida's going to get hit sooner sooner or later if it's not this year definitely by next year i mean at that point you know i think that we're going to have a couple of really nice storms coming in our way but you know with when when you've got that much money at play you're always going to try to find new and or creative ways to kind of get out of, you know, having all of this coverage and, you know, just making the process as smooth as possible. Because again, it's just all about profitability, right? So it's just interesting to see like all of this new legislation, all of this new policy language that's taking place, you know, $3,000 water caps, the uh, exclusions now, the for even for public adjusters, where it's like, literally, no public adjusters allowed. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, that that one drives yeah. me nuts. I, I'm waiting to fight that one. I forgot who it was. Velocity has that, and uh, one other carrier has it. It's like saying that you can't hire an attorney. You know, it's, it's well, yeah. And one of the things that we've seen a lot lately, kind of a trend, has been like this gag style legislation, right? In other words, uh, roofers really got the brunt of this. Where um, when was it recently? Yeah, the advertising uh, passing. Yeah. yeah, it was like, hey, you cannot suggest that you know but they beat that uh, you, they beat it yeah they they did and and you know what rightfully so right yeah. because how how could you as a professional why would you and you know and again this is assuming that you are doing the right thing right mm-hmm. in other words you're not creating damage where there is no damage you're just legitimately doing a real inspection and guess what legitimately they found the inspection that in fact if that homeowner has insurance it would be covered by insurance for whatever reason why should that professional not inform their prospect and or client to say hey by the way you have insurance this is covered by your insurance this is what this process would look like maybe you may be interested in filing a claim like why not? Or like, why further. should why should the consumer not have that kind of information? And a step further, they, they weren't even able to also refer one of us as a public adjuster or an attorney. Right. Like, why right. why should you be refrained from knowing your options and hiring right. a professional, you know, to to represent you? So it was it was a really ass backwards statute that they pretty provided, and it's it again they they beat it they beat it, and it just shows that. These guys really don't have their ear to the floor uh, and really listening to constituents because, look, at the end of the day, it's the minority of the industry that's creating a bad name and making the majority suffer from it, right? Like you got some of these law firms. Some of these, we know the, the cases that have come out. So that being said, there was a big case with citizens and a big law firm recently, a couple years ago, a bunch of people got arrested. They've, they've pro- proven a, a fraud ring with the mitigation company, plumber, PA, the whole nine yards. Well, they just recently threw the case out because they were able to find these people X amount of millions of dollars and citizens grabbed that money and ran. What are you doing? Prosecute those people. Those are the people that should pay for the, pen- the things that they did. And then those type of people are the ones that they're crying wolf for. That hey we're we're getting hit with lawsuits hey we, you know these PAs are filing frivolous claims no it just that's such a minor minor percentage of us but then you also have the other side you have the carriers you have USAA recently you have 
UPC going down for Rico. I mean, they've been hit with fraud, insurer fraud. No one talks about that, you know, and it's like, I know we have bad apples on both sides, but again, those bad apples should not be leading the charge of how it affects the really at the end of the day, forget about us. It's the consumer, how it affects the consumer. It's raise rates, reduce coverage every single year. It's more and more and more and more. It's got to stop, man. It's, it's, it's really, I mean, even just us as a, as a consumer, I mean, my, my insurance went from $2,600 a year to 5,700 in one year flipped that what 60% increase. That's nuts. That's right. just, it's absolutely crazy. It's going to be unattainable at one point that we're not going to be able to even afford insurance if they keep going this way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's genuinely something that's getting out of hand. And, and again, if you were getting, if the if the premiums were going, were going up, but you were getting better customer service, faster pay, faster service, you'd be like, oh, you know what? Then great. You know, I'm paying for, I'm paying for this luxury. But if it's more of a delay, if it's more denials, if it's more fine print, if it's more of that like funny verbiage in there, where it's like you can't use this you can't have that you know it, that's where it becomes really problematic and it even becomes problematic for you know the the good contractors out there that are trying to do the right thing by their clients because now they're limited in what they can do and they're limited sometimes in how to present a proper scope to actually get the job done properly we're not saying padding an invoice we're saying legitimately trying to look there's some jobs you're just not going to be able to do for you know three grand yeah. or you know some mold jobs that you just can't do for for 10 or certain circumstances like you know that we've had where you know you get a preferred vendor that goes out there <laughs> and they totally you know screw the pooch and then all of a sudden you know they've caused all of this you know damage and all of these headaches but because the policy language is written in such a way now you have to get really creative with you know the adjuster and be like hey this is you know this that could have been over here is now actually over here you know what i mean so it's like all of these like crazy things that are going on in the industry but that's the world that we live in but right now this all of this uh you know all of this stuff that's happening with the the insurance companies kind of going belly up and, and going into receivership is is something that's really interesting because I know that there's a lot of contractors, myself included, that have you know several claims that are just totally being held up right now. And on the public adjusting side, I know it's kind of the same thing. So like, what 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 should people do? I mean, if if you have any files that are held up right now, like who where should you call? How should you follow up? How often should you follow up? Is there like any best practices that you would suggest for uh, any contractors out there or public adjusters that, you know, maybe are in that boat? Yeah, I mean, what we try to do is with these couple of files, luckily, we don't have a whole lot of them right now that we we're, we're blessed in that sense that we don't have to deal with this headache as much, but I'm calling and I'm trying to call them once at least, at least for the bare minimum once a week, um, if not two to three times a week to, to try to see if we can at least get somebody on the phone, right? Um, you can call FIGA. They're going to direct you to whoever is assigned to that loss. But ultimately, there's no customer service line. There's no them looking at the file. You have to talk to that adjuster. So, you know, just keep on trying them until you get them. And again, just know that they're backed up. They're backed up more than they've ever been. And coming from somebody that was on the carrier side with a very, very large work uh, workflow, uh, workload, I should say, it's not easy to get to them all, man. They're, they're not. Once you're surpassing 100, 150, 200 claims, it, it gets overwhelming. So the biggest thing I can tell you is when you do get them on the phone, don't start ripping them in the new asshole. Uh, 
That's right? <laughs> probably not going to get you very far. It, it'll probably get you further down the list. Uh, try to be compassionate with what they're dealing with. Um, you know, as we're dealing with it, they're dealing with it as well. And ultimately, I'm I'm hopeful that because they have that kind of workflow, a workload, and um, they're they'll be able to to really push these things along a little bit quicker, or at least they're not going to fight as hard on some of these line items. I mean. I mean, you and I both know it, and I'm sure most contractors and restoration companies listening can attest that you, you send in an invoice and the, and the insurance company says, well, we don't pay for this. Well, I did that work. Right. Who are you to tell me what I did and didn't do and charge for or not charge for? So, you know, hopefully we won't have that, as much of that, but it, time will tell, man. It really is still too early in this part of the game, but we're just trying to uh, take it day by day. Awesome, dude. So that that those are some of the hottest topics right now uh, coming down the pike in the industry. And of course, uh, Restoration Nation, make sure that you tune in uh, next time for our next public adjusting corner with our very own Carlos machine, the claims machine. And look, you know, if you're a mitigation contractor, uh, roofing contractor, and you want to go ahead and uh, really maximize claims for your customers um, and do the right thing by your customers, I'm a huge advocate for public adjusters, I think that number one, they've always been a, a great selling tool for me. Uh, again, for me, it, it, everything has to pay a dividend, right? And for me, if I can, if I have something in my arsenal that's going to make my customer feel more comfortable, feel like they're going to get the best possible deal, um, that they're going to be taken care of even once I'm done with my portion of it. For me, that is a good, that's a good, um, tool to have in your tool belt. And one of those has always been public adjusters, uh, because again, it makes the customer feel like even though once you're done, they're still going to be taken care of, right? Because again, most mitigation contractors, what do we do? We like tear stuff up. We break stuff, you know, we're, we're, we're in there doing a bunch of demo and yeah, great. You know, we go out and we get paid and we call it a day and that's it. But this customer still has to fight for a lot of line items and they sometimes don't have that experience. And for me, having a public adjuster that I, or the network of public adjusters that I bring in to help with those particular claims, that's a huge selling tool. Um, Carlos Machine has been one of those individuals that I've used uh, consistently. He's helped my clients tremendously as well. Um, so if you're a mitigation contractor, if you're down, down here in South Florida, you want to go ahead and reach out, make sure that you do Carlos Machine Policy Holder Advocates. Get your claim paid.com. And Carlos, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Rico. You've been listening to Restoration Domination, interviewing the restoration business's top industry insiders, the movers and shakers, the hustlers and hackers. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. Hook up with us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Restoration Domination to catch video interviews, highlights, and behind-the-scenes content. And follow your host at Rico Garcia Jr. Till next time, this is Restoration Domination. Hustle. Hack. Dominate.